Kia ora and hello friends. Welcome back to the Restoring Connections podcast. My name is Matthew Dawson and I am really excited that you have joined us. Uh, this is episode three. Um, check out uh, the first couple episodes if you like over on our website which is mattandcoradawson.com. The episodes generally correlate to um, writings that we've done as well. Um, the, the, which you can find over at the website. So if you prefer the written side of things, um, then jump over there and you can read it. So in this episode, I want to talk about getting help from other people, which of course starts with the humility of recognizing that we need help and then moves towards having enough honor and respect for the people around us to recognize that there are areas in which the people around me are stronger than I am and then moves, hopefully, finally, to having the courage to actually make ourselves vulnerable and ask. So I have titled this particular episode, Can I Do This On My Own? Reflections on asking for help when you want to do it alone. I gotta acknowledge here that if you could have told my wife, Cora, uh, you know, seven or eight years ago, um, that at some point I would be helping to instruct other people in the ways of asking for help. I think she would have found this very, very funny. She would have uh, very respectfully laughed. Because <laughs> this has been a major area of challenge for me. And But like so many things, it's the ground that you kind of take in life, you know, it's the areas that you frankly just suck at, but then you didn't let go and you learned and you had people around you who loved you enough to be honest with you in love and, you know, tell you the truth about how they're making you feel. And you grew and you learned and your beliefs changed and then your behavior changed and then it started making your life 10 times better. And you realize, man, this is so good. It's those things that become so precious to us. You know, a lot of us have, or well, all of us learn certain things from our parents, just sort of growing up or whatever context you grew up in with your grandparents or aunties and uncles, or even if you grew up in a, some sort of an institution, like many of my close friends have, um, whatever context that you've grown up in has no doubt imparted certain things to you that are strengths that now for you are just like breathing. You know, maybe you were grown, uh, you were raised with a strong work ethic and no one will ever have to remind you to work hard. Or maybe you were raised with a strong ethic around honesty um, or around generosity and you're just, you're probably never going to need somebody to challenge you and, you know, or encourage you in those areas because you basically just nail it. But there also undoubtedly will be areas of your life that you grew up in a context within which those particular areas were not strong. And those become the things that you kind of have to personally battle through to gain for yourself. And then hopefully the next generation, the people that you are responsible for leading and growing, they get to grow up in that context where for them it's like breathing, but you had to fight for it. So this is one of those areas for me, you know, this whole area of learning to ask for help. And I'm so grateful that God gave me uh, my incredible wife, Corey, because this is a, an area of of major strength for her. When we're going through something tough, she just, this is a default for her. She's like, wow, we are really struggling in this area. Hey, we should ask for help. And I'm like, mm-hmm, we could ask for help or we could just 
do it all in our own strength and totally exhaust ourselves and wear, us, <laughs> wear ourselves out trying to do it alone. You know, I wouldn't have said it that way, but honestly, that's basically what my actions were proving over and over and over again, driving her completely crazy. Um, so I'm happy to say that that is not the case anymore. I'm sure to some degree it's still something that I'm learning. It's probably not a default behavior yet. It's still something I choose to do. Um, so I want to take you into my own journey in this area and hopefully help you out a little bit. Shout out again to Lydia Kramer for the illustration with the dude with the one super buff arm and the one really weak arm. Uh, Lydia, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for helping me with this stuff. Okay, I'm diving in, reading straight from the article on the website. I almost started off by saying, quote, I hate asking for help. The truth is that I no longer do. It's still a bit uncomfortable for me and requires me to push past a fear of being judged or perceived as needy, but I've actually grown to love asking people for help. I think that most of us know intuitively that asking for help is a good thing, but many of us struggle with it. Um, and there may just maybe a stronger tendency for us men to struggle in this area than women. I know, maybe, I'm call me crazy, but you know, maybe, just throwing it out there. Okay, uh, where was I? Um, two, two, two. I'd like to unpack some thoughts around why I believe it's so difficult for many of us and why it's an absolutely essential part of a healthy life and hopefully get you thinking about the areas of, of your life where you may need to pop the question, hey, can you help me? I like to feel in control. I used to equate the desire for control with fear, which can certainly be the case, but there is a type of control that is based in love, and that is the control of, drum roll, brrr, yourself. Now, I give myself abundant permission to be an absolute control freak. I just channel all of that control freakiness towards me rather than towards the people around me on a good day. The more I exercise control over myself, the less appealing it becomes to try to control someone else. And this has done wonders for my relationships, especially within my own home and my closest friends. Shout out here to Danny and Sherry Silk. I have learned so much from them in this particular area. Oh my goodness, how I could count the ways that I am so grateful for their influence in my life. Self-control certainly creates peace in a relationship. But there's another essential ingredient for shallow relationships to turn into deep connections and for that depth to be sustained. It is vulnerability. If we start from the premise that we are all designed to thrive, having our needs met, quote unquote, uh, in brackets, within a context of healthy community, then in most cases, asking for help is actually about maintaining truth in our relationships. I want you to think about it in that light. Asking for help from someone is actually about maintaining truth in my relationship with this person, which is a necessary ingredient for trust and intimacy. To put this in very real terms, as I'm typing out this blog, I am aware that I need help in a particular area of my life. Why do I need help? Simple. It's because I am currently not thriving in that aspect of my life. I don't typically need help in my area of strength. I'm crushing it in my areas of strength every day. 
the areas I need help with are my areas of weakness, immaturity, lack of skills, etc. The areas that I am not thriving in. I built our own website, mattandcoradawson.com, in 2018. And if you went on that website, you would have noticed very quickly that I had no idea what I was doing when I created that website. <laughs> I needed help. And so we reached out to our dear friend, Pauline Bennett. Shout out to Pauline. Oh my goodness, so helpful. Um, so grateful for your help in making the new website. So the real question is, can my relationships handle the truth that I'm not currently thriving in this area. I really want to speak to the people who, like me, have an inbuilt wiring. It's like, oh, I don't want to inconvenience people, you know, that, and we really think it's noble that we never ask anybody for help. Friend, man, there, there's nothing noble about it. I got to tell you. Um, take it from me. The truth is, probably, I just want you to think about, just give this a chance. Maybe what's really going on is you don't believe that your relationships can handle the truth about who you really are and the areas of your life where you are not thriving and crushing it. This is the scary part for most of us. It's scary because we've learned through the years that in order to feel connected to the people we love, we have to very carefully manage how much truth about ourselves we reveal in each relationship. Once again, it's self-control, which is a good thing. Where we run into problems is when we go overboard and default to protecting the people around us who genuinely care about us from the truth about the areas within which we are not actually thriving. Does that make sense? So, you know, yes, self-control means I don't just go blurting out to everybody all the time and, and you know, burdening everybody all the time with everything I need always. Um, but if we're not careful, that tendency means that the, those relationships where someone is absolutely wanting to stand with you, partner with you, encourage you, help you, and there is like something destined to happen, you know, something powerful in that connection with that person, but it's going to happen in your moment of vulnerability, in your place where you're not crushing it, where that person's dignity gets to soar because they got to be a part of strengthening you in an area where you were weak. If you never allow yourself to be to some degree a burden to someone or at least open up the possibility of that throw it out there pop the question then that amazing partnership is never going to form that intimacy is never going to develop that kind of behavior guarding yourself in that way generally isn't rooted in loving self-control it's more typically rooted in the fear of being seen which is also known as shame one of the major relationship killers. It boils down to what you want. If your goal for your closest relationships is cooperation, then you're off the hook. You can get cooperation pretty easily without truth and vulnerability in your relationships. Most adults are pretty good at cooperating. In fact, many of us depend on our capacity to shut down what we feel and actively cooperate with an organizational structure in order to make a living, keep food on the table, keep our lives from falling apart um, for our loved ones. However, if your goal goes a bit beyond that, if it isn't just cooperation, if your goal also includes trust and intimacy in your closest relationships, yikes. 
Now you've got a serious obstacle to overcome. You're going to have to overcome your fear of people knowing that you're not thriving in certain areas of your life. And that in order to thrive, you would in fact need their help. Note here that I'm speaking in the present tense, telling someone that you were struggling. This happens all the time. Oh, this is easy. This is what we do. I was just talking to somebody the other day and it's like, oh, it's pouring out their heart about all this stuff. And it's all totally resolved now. Totally crushed. Didn't, you know, figured it out, out on my own. Hey, I'm going, that's cool. No worries. Like, good for you. That's awesome. But man, this is definitely not doing anything to deepen our connection because all I'm hearing from you is that you don't need anyone. You've got it all figured out on your own. Okay, cool. Telling someone that you were struggling and are now all better, won't cut it. It's a noble, a noble effort, but it is not true vulnerability. Here's a thought for you to chew on. You cannot have a close, intimate relationship with someone whom you ne from whom you never ask for help. I know that's a bold statement, but ponder it for a bit. Who are your very closest relationships in your life? I would hazard a guess that the first people that come to mind when I say that, in fact, let me just pause for a minute. Who are your closest friends? First, like two or three people that come to mind. Okay, I would hazard a guess that the people that came to mind first are the people who you would be least afraid to ask for help from. These are the people who you feel like you can depend on. You won't find in every person you connect with the capacity to foster a deep relationship of vulnerability and trust. But if you take the risk of allowing truth into your relationships, also known as asking for help, you will occasionally connect with someone who is willing to reciprocate and boom, now you are cooking, baby. Okay, so I hope you found that helpful. Hope maybe you even found it a little bit challenging. I know I've needed people to challenge me in this area in my life. Um, and yes, so I hope that strengthens you. Uh, again, like I said in the first two episodes, please feel free to reach out to us if you're going through something tough and you need a friend to bounce things back and forth with. We do a lot of this stuff with people who are friends of friends. In fact, that's probably you know, the, the majority of people who we connect with is somebody goes, oh man, uh, they, they've got a situation that their friend is going through. It's really tough. And they say, hey, reach out and connect with um, Matt or Cora. And we will. We love to rock and roll with people. If their genuine desire, if your genuine desire is to deepen your connection, is to fight for the connection, and you're willing to shift what you believe, you're willing to shift your behavior in order to protect and deepen that connection, we would love to stand with you in that journey. So jump on the website and reach out. We are um, very, very keen to stand with you in those moments. Okay, friends, that was episode three, episode four, coming at you soon.